So, crazy times here. Um, thought I'd talk a little bit about more of the uh, homeless situation that's taking place here in Astoria before we talk about real estate, just until, uh, or at least the mortgage market, until people come in. I've been listening to a lot of people talk about um, the condition that's taking place here in the county, in, in Clatsop County. We have a lot of homeless now um, that are parking in the parking lots, in the just in the regular parks, like, you know, where the kids go and play, it's getting really out of control. And I talk to more and more people who like, especially when it comes to like a lot of the carpenters and contractors in my area and asking them about what they feel is taking place as far as the available homes and the price of homes and stuff like that here in the county. And I tell you, it is so much of a common story where you hear people saying that I'm working for a couple who own a house in Portland or Seattle or something and they have a summer home here in Astoria. They don't actually live here, they're just remodeling this place. I hear that a lot. I also hear people saying that they are working for somebody who just recently moved here and are now remote working, you know. So there is a lot of outside movement, a lot of outside buyers coming into this particular area. And the more it happens, the more homeless I'm beginning to see around the area. And I keep hearing like, you know, these ideas of like what it is that they can do to help these people as far as what, what we can do to get them out of like, you know, the common areas, you know, like right here, I'm behind the place where I work and there's one, two, three, four, five RVs, two tents, a couple of cars. And this was never like this ever, not until the last couple of years anyway. So it's really, uh, it's really starting to have its, have its effects. Okay. Let's talk about this mortgage. Holy moly, up almost 7% on a mortgage on a 30-year fixed rate. That is incredible. And I have to think, what is going to take place here with the real estate market? Let's go and take a look at what happened in China when they started to raise their real estate or when they started to raise their interest rates and what it took, what took place on the real estate um, aspect of things. Because really it started causing those major developers those property developers started going into default or started like having issues with their bonds as far as making the payments on them or just even the price that they could sell them for the yields were rising dramatically and the prices were falling so rolling over their old debt into new debt became very difficult and it started putting a strain on the real estate they started having to sell a lot of their properties for just about any price that they could in order to make whole on their debts. And it really took a number out of the, uh, out of the irrational exuberance that was taking place over there. I'll leave the link down in the description of this video for that, um, for that article. So I'm assuming that the United States is probably trying to do something very similar here with the real estate and trying to keep those prices from going any further. It's becoming out of reach, out of, you know, out of the possibilities of, you know, the younger, newer buyers coming into the market, they're just like, they're priced out. And, I, you know, I'm reading articles now about how 30%, something like that, 30% of homes that are sold now are to all cash buyers. That is incredible to me. That leads me to believe that there's probably not a whole lot of people out there that are going to be in a position in which that they're going to be able to buy a home considering that those interest rates are going up that high. 
So if the all cash buyers are going to continue to drive the prices up and the interest rates are going to go up, this is going to be very, very difficult for a lot of people. And I can only assume that a lot of this homelessness that I'm seeing right now is probably going to grow. All right. So let's see. What do you all have to talk about? 215 of you, please hit the like button. That will get more people into the video so that we can have more chats, more comments in here. Um, I really appreciate that, but 214 of you is awesome. Let's see. All-nighters, same in San Diego, lots of homeless enjoying the weather. Crazy how the NASDAQ has massive pump to resistance today, but bond market is still selling off. Yeah, um, I would assume that as we start seeing these interest rates continue to rise, if the Federal Reserve, I mean, I was thinking about this. Bullard was saying that um, this is the Fed Fed president, what, St. Louis, I think it is. Isn't Bullard from St. Louis? Yeah, anyway. Um, saying that they want the Fed funds rate at 3.5% by the end of the year. Holy moly. That is like talking about an extreme rising of rates in a very short amount of time. That's it. 3.5% on the Fed funds rate is incredible in my opinion i mean if they could even get it to three percent i would be amazed but to have it at three and a half is just unreal but here's the thing it takes around six months to a year before those lifting of interest rates really has an impact on the economy itself now it will have an instantaneous impact on the markets they will behave as though the interest rates have changed but the actual impact on the economy won't take place for another six months to a year so i got to thinking about all these economists and people out there saying that we're going to you know to ins or to expect a recession in the next 12 months or so well that would kind of fall into that timeline right i mean bullard bullard wants the fed funds rate at three and a half percent by the end of the year and if you think it's going to take another six months to a year to have its impact on the economy, well, that would put us at a recession or, you know, a downturn, possibly, at that 24-month mark or pretty close to it. So it seems like, the, you know, the idea of a recession is going to be here in about two years if all these things continue. You know, who knows? But anyway, let's see. I guess I'll never own my own home. Thanks a lot, Obama voters. I appreciate it. Well, wasn't it uh, during the Obama administration was like the best opportunity to buy a home, right? Wasn't he president when the house prices crashed? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying like it crashed on his watch. It was just crashing while he was there. So really like the Obama administration had the best priced houses because of that crash. Right? I mean, I don't know if I'm saying that right. But. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was born here in Austin, but Houston and San Antonio are looking a lot more affordable right now. Property taxes are insane. Yeah, that's where um, that's where I think a lot of like I was hearing about people who were paying property taxes that were like insane. Like, I, I mean, my property taxes are a few hundred dollars a month. But I'm hearing people talking about thousand, twelve hundred dollars, even more. I'm like, holy moly! Your tax payment is like as much as a house payment, you know? All right. Uh, let's see, all nighter. Very nice, Sarah. Best title to have. Hope you have divested your interest. 
I'm not sure that one. Uh, good thing I've owned my shack for 30 years. Yeah, if you've been in your own place for 30 years, you're sitting in a good spot, I would assume. You know, trying to buy a home right now, I mean, like, even the, like, you know, I was just thinking of, like, the payment on the house that I had purchased, like, even now with the interest rates have much, as much as they moved up, I mean, it'd be like an additional three or $400 or something. I can't even... I can't even imagine, like, this is difficult to try and wrap your head around. A 7% on the mortgage rates, considering that there were 5% just a month ago, and, what, 3% five months ago. And now here they are at 7 That is a dramatic move very quickly. Um, I can only assume that's going to have a major impact on the economy, but I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen if people are going to hurry up and try and buy these things. Try and get at these mortgages before, you know, it goes up even further. Is that going to be the case? Or are people going to back out altogether saying, man, that is just too much. I can't handle that. I mean, it could really go either way. I know a lot of people will panic and try and, and get into a home just from the fear of missing out and thinking that interest rates are going to continue to go up. I mean, if we're at seven now and the Fed has barely even started raising rates, what are they going to be once they get to three and a half? I mean, can you imagine home loans at 14, 14 percent? 15%? I mean, we're talking back to the early 80s again, right? What happened to all the empty houses in California? I don't know. What happened to those things? Like I said, there's a lot of empty houses here in Astoria, but they're usually, they're, most of them are second homes or vacation rentals or Airbnb kind of things, you know? First home in 78 was 7%, and then interest rates really went up. Buckle up. Still empty. More job boning by the Fed. They can't afford to raise the rates that high. I agree. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to get rates that high. Only because uh, I think once they get to about that 2.5% to, to 3%, that's when they're neutral. That's where they're in a neutral position where they're neither accommodative nor restricting the economy. I don't know if it's exactly at that 25 to 3 I'm just guessing that's somewhere in there. And then anything over that is going to be incredibly restrictive to the economy. Well, last time they got even remotely close to that 2.5%, I mean, it was throwing the economy into some into a tailspin. And they, they had to stop. I mean, so 35 that's that's going to be huge. I mean, that's going to be, that's, that's going to be, people who are looking to get a car, I would wait two years. Two years, and I bet you you're going to find cars, if, especially if you have cash. If you save up every bit of money that you can right now to buy a car, and in two years, I think you're probably going to end up in a position in which that you're going to be able to buy a car for a very good price, especially if you have the cash, because interest rates on these loans are going to be so dang high that nobody's going to be able to afford the payments on them. So they're not going to be buying what would normally be a $30,000 car for $55,000, they're not going to do that. They're going to be buying $30,000 cars with cash. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just not going to be able to make the payment. At least that's kind of the way I see it going down. All right. It's been a while since I've caught you live. Glad you got everything worked out, but the home... Oh, with the home for your family. Don't let the haters get you down. I think you made the right choice. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I I do apologize, guys. I Sometimes I just get, you know, I get worked up in my head about certain things, and it's just like, 
I really should just like, you know, let things go, but sometimes I can't. Like I just gotta, you know, I just gotta say my piece about it and then, you know, then I can let it go. But I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Got into a home last year with economic uncertainty. I plan on building an overlander we could live in just in case two is one and one is two or one is none. Yeah. Always have a backup plan, I guess, right? Okay, if interest rates go up and house prices crash and the government would get less property taxes, they wouldn't want that and it'll probably bring rent down. Um, yeah, again, like, I have to thank 30% all cash buyers. Those people don't care what the interest rates are. Right? Institutional buyers, they're buying with cash. They're not taking out loans for this stuff. Well, some of them might be, but you know, for the most part, these people are buying investment properties or buying properties all cash. They they don't care what the interest, interest rates could be 14%. They don't care. So 30% of homes right now are sold that way. I don't know. I mean, can interest rates go up and discourage that? I mean, if anything, if it started driving the prices down, wouldn't that be making like all cash buyers more available? To, to buy those homes if the prices come down. Now I understand like most of the time all cash buyers are probably people who sold their home in an expensive area and moving to a, to a lesser expensive area. Like I was reading an article on how a couple was buying a house in, in Portland after selling one I believe down in LA. And like it was expensive. Like it was an $800,000 home and it used up all their money. Like it they dumped every dime they had into this house and then they had like no working capital like they actually took out a loan so they wouldn't just be broke you know so i'm thinking well that's kind of funny you spend all your money on buying a house and then you take out a loan because you don't have any money so you, so you can put some money in the bank and now you got to pay interest on that so this is what people do you know this is how they're surviving nowadays all right the it's russia it's russia russia they're the ones causing inflation to rise I don't know. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily the ones causing the inflation to rise. I think it's the supply chain breakdown that's causing the inflation to rise. Personally, um, that's that's my opinion on it. But I think what Russia is going to do is it's going to kick off a bond default contagion situation. And really, we're going to know a little bit more about that in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. I don't know, maybe some more information's come out on that, but as far as I know, the last thing I heard with these Russian bonds is that the United States was planning on seizing the frozen assets of the Russians so that they could pay the bondholders with the money that the Russians have already said, why don't you use to pay the bondholders with? So ultimately, the <laughs> there's the word ultimately. What happened was is that Russia, who has accounts with the United States, like at the Federal Reserve or with these banks, got sanctioned right so they froze the assets of of russia russia has these bonds that are due they have the coupon that they need to pay on these things and so they said hey unfreeze the assets and pay the bondholders you know with that money and they're saying no you use the money within your own nation I'm like we're not using our money use the frozen money you know unfreeze the assets and pay them yeah the says nah we think we just might seize those assets and pay the bondholders so now i have to question is that a default I mean, did Russia just default on that loan if that's what happens? I mean, it's the money that they said that they wanted to use to pay the bonds. 
So wouldn't that be like making good on their on their debts? It's going to be a very questionable situation coming up. And then I have to question, is this outside of the scope of the credit default swaps? Do they have to pay the insurance policies that cover those Russian bonds? It's a very tricky situation. And now if this, you know, I mean, if they end up defaulting, well, then that could start a contagion across, you know, many nations and corporations all over the place. And if you think about it, like with the interest rates rising, like they are right now, that like in China, it caused the property developers to start going into default. So here in the United States, if the interest rates rise, if the corporations are not sitting in a good position, a good cash position in order to take care of their, their debts, then they could go into default as well. So at the same time that Russia is, you know, causing a default situation with sovereign debt, it could... It, it could get bad. Like the United States could be creating a storm at the same time this giant storm is brewing, you know? So it could be like, you know, multiple angles coming in of this storm. All right, 500 of you guys right on. Hey, go hit the like button. I'm going to be out here for probably another 10 to 15 minutes or so. And we can get more people up here into the, uh, into the comments. That would be great. So I really appreciate that. 518 of you watching. It's amazing. Thank you. Uh, printing money into a supply-constrained economy. Shit, where did that go? I just lost that. Where did that go? Oh, printing money into a supply-chain-constrained economy absolutely drove inflation. Um, yeah. Now, think about it in another sense, too, because, like, you're absolutely right. We cut out the supply chain. There's only a limited amount of stuff now in available to even purchase and then you give a bunch of people a bunch of stimulus money and they go off and buy all that stuff right so now there's not less stuff out there and the prices go up it also has to do with the perception right because a lot of inflation is due to inflation expectation the whole idea that there's going to be inflation coming into the future has people going out there and buying more than what they normally would or paying a higher price for it than they normally would out of fear that they won't be able to get it so yes, the money printing did give the availability for inflation to take place. The supply chain breakdown is what really caused it. Now we have to think, that money that was used to stimulate the economy, that's borrowed money. It has to be paid back. So now we borrowed a bunch of money to stimulate the economy with. We done spent that money. So we went and got high. Now we're sobering up. What happens when you sober up? You get sick, right? And when you get sick, that's the same as like, in the case of this economy, it would be deflation, right? So as people are no longer having their asset appreciations going up and, you know, all the major money made in the, in the markets and stuff like that, that all starts to go away. What happens is, is that you have to postpone your current consumption to pay for that past spending that you did. Or postpone current spending to pay for the past consumption. I think that would probably be the better way of going about it. Well, if that's the case, what you end up doing is you're buying more or you're doing more for less. You have to continue to perform, make money, pay back those debts, and then consume less at the same time. So yeah, inflation was by the printing press, gave it that capability. It was the severing of the supply chain that really caused the inflation. The stimulant the, the money, the cash, that was just a short-term fix, and pretty soon we're going to be really hungover. All right.
onward. I have a question. When the government finds corporations, where does the money go? <laughs> right? I don't know. What does it go into the government coffers? You know, I always wondered that, like, traffic tickets, speeding tickets, you know, all these, like, kind of victimless crimes that take place, you know, where there's really nobody actually injured on it, but you have to pay out all these fines. Like, you know, where does that money really get used for? What does that money, you know... Is it really a deterrent to keep people from breaking the law or is it a revenue maker for some people? You know, you see what I'm getting at? All right. Uh, let's see here. What was the interest rate that you were able to get on you when you got your home loan a few months ago? I got it at three and a quarter. And at the time I was kind of bummed because interest rates had just come up out of the, th you know, just below three. And then I get my loan and they drop down a little bit, not much, but a little bit. And I'm like, oh man, I got my loan at not only that, I got the interest rates at the peak as well. So, but that's not the case, obviously, you know, it reversed again and then went up to 7% or whatever it is now. So let's see here. Question. Do you think, oh man, homeboy's going to come over. You remember the guy who came over and talked to me the other day? He's back. He's talking to me again. So we're going to find out what he has to say right here. What's up, Holmes? I got some tables. Can you give me a jump? You want? You need a jump? Yeah, give me like nine minutes. All right, man. Uh, I kept. Oops, what did that say? I kept all my fingers and toes so far. When? Oh, you guys must be talking. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Six percent mortgage cost around forty percent more than three. Yeah, I mean, I haven't figured out exactly what the uh, payment would be um, on the loan that I took out if it was at 7%, but I'm assuming, I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be quite a few hundred dollars more, what, four, five, six hundred dollars more or something. Uh, I'm stacking refined uranium bullion, bullion I keep under my pillow. Um, yeah, good luck with that. Okay, Trendsetter, my lawn sprinklers are charged with gasoline, and I stack tracer rounds. Come take my silver. <laughs> so what, you fire up the sprinklers and fire a tracer round into them? It's <laughs> a great idea. Um, is that really an 8-track cassette deck? Oh, here? Oh, no, bro. It's the, uh, it's the, how do I get it out of there? Oh. That's it. It's the CD changer. Right? Hey, back in the day when you put three CDs in there instead of having the thing. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Question. Do you think the USA is afraid of hyperinflation via countries paying back their debts? Do you think the USA is afraid of hyperinflation via countries paying back their debts? Bonds etc. Hence, Russians frozen assets. Um, if the countries pay back their debts, that would actually um, cause deflation. Debt is money. Money is debt. And the more debt, there's more money out there. It's hard to kind of wrap your head around that. But if you can imagine every single like loan or debt was paid off like 
the United States doesn't have any debts. The, you know, homeowners don't have mortgages. There's no debts. Like there's no credit cards. There's no car loans. There's no mortgages. There's no government debt. The dollar would cease to exist. There would be no money. That's how a fiat system works. It's all based on debt. So the more debt you have, the more money there is in circulation. And so if they paid off their debts, then no, um, that, that would not cause a hyperinflation. At least not in my opinion, it wouldn't. Oh, thank you for the super chat. Uh, who is it? DC. Should we hold off on houses for a few more months? What about cars? Thoughts? Um, I don't know about the housing. I mean, I personally like thought prior to the pandemic, like all throughout 2019, everything was leading up to a major housing downturn. I mean, I was, I was very sure of it. And when the pandemic kicked in, it was started. I mean, it was going to happen, but then all the forbearance came out and the moratoriums and all the, you know, then they basically papered over this housing market crash. Now they're not going to do the same thing to cars, right? I mean, they're not going to make sure that people stay in their vehicles. I don't think that's like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a priority out there. So the determination of the government to keep people in their cars is just simply not going to be there. Then people are going to have to afford the interest rates that are going to be applied to these loans. And in two years, if we see interest rates three, four, five times higher than they are now, people will not be able to afford the payments on a new car. So if you could save up cash now in two years, after the Federal Reserve raises their interest rates to peak out at their three and a half percent or whatever they're going to attempt to do, give it a year, six months to a year after that, and I bet you you're probably going to find a lot of really good deals on vehicles. That's if that happens. Like the Fed may not be able to get to the three and a half percent. I doubt they will be able to get there. Two and a half, maybe. I mean, that's even that would be pushing it. And if they do get to three and a half percent, I can't imagine it being there for very long. Like they're not going to maintain that for any serious length of time. Um, if they do, we are going to see some serious unwinding of the irrational exuberance that had taken place if they keep interest rates elevated for a significant amount of time. The major problem with that is, is that you're going to find people are going to go into savings. So like they're not going to be able to get the return that they once had out of the markets or housing or any of that, that other stuff. They're going to get a return out of savings because the interest rates are going to be so high. They can get a safe return just by putting their money in the bank. Right. So that's going to slow money velocity down even more and less economic activity taking place and so on and so on. Wow. 740 of you. Awesome. And now I don't even want to stop. You know? Wow, so many of you guys, so many comments too. Uh, let's see here. I'll buy over the summer, even the high interest rates, but prices need to come down. Also, I can put down 30 to 50% down payments, so it'll offset an inexpensive mortgage. Well, right on. Um, that's actually a really good strategy and a good position to be in. Uh, let's see here. I worked for a vault company, poor hours, but it was a safe return. Man, I can hardly see my, my screen is like, must be heated up because it's so dark. I can hardly read the screen. Supply chain, state of emergency in Atlanta because of it. Yeah. What's going on in Atlanta? Oh, Hey, another super chat. Soul prepper. 
I love talking to people smarter than me. Thanks for answering my question. You and Economic Ninja, who is a badass. I really love Economic Ninja's channel. He does a great job. Uh, need to do a video together. I love you guys. Yeah, you know, he's called... We've talked a few times, and we did... I have just been... I haven't been with it lately, guys. So I need to get my shit together, and I will. I'll contact Economic Ninja, and we'll have a conversation sometimes. 3.30 before you have to help homes. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, biggest reasons for me having bought a home was to lock in my children's school district. I didn't want to be kicked out or told my rental is being sold. Yeah, um... That was the tough one for me, uh, you know, as far as like, because I was living in Astoria and we were running the kids out to, out to where they go to school now. And it's like a 20 minute drive, maybe a little bit more, 25 minute drive every day, like twice a day. We would drop them off and then go and pick them up. And really we did that because we didn't plan on being in town as long as we were. We were, we had moved from that particular area into town trying to get our stuff together so we can move back out to to that area and it just didn't happen in time so like four years later five years later whatever it was it just it was like a long time before we finally got back out to that area but you know that's the school that they have always gone to like from the, from kindergarten so now it looks like they're going to be able to stay in the school the entire time like they will have gone from they will never have gone to a different school, just always to the same one. And to me, that's really cool because when I was growing up, I mean, my dad was in the Coast Guard, so we traveled every four years. I, you know, all my friends by the time, like, all the friends that I had when I was in the fifth grade, like, I don't know any of them now, like, not a single one of them. So this is going to be pretty cool for my kids. They actually get to grow up with the kids. Like, they're going to be adults with friends that they were kids, you know, or with friends that they were had when they were kids. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm talking too much here. Okay, well, I'm going to give it another couple of minutes here, guys, and then I'm going to have to bail out. 40-year mortgages are a thing already. Many modified mortgages in 08 became 40. Yeah, that's... Um, I kind of forgot about that, that they had uh, that they had helped out a lot of people during the 08 crash um, as far as getting them or keeping them in their house by giving them a 40-year loan. Um, that's what's happening again now um, with a lot of the people who are coming at it for parents. I'm a, I'm guessing that you give it some time here and those 40-year mortgages are going to become like a more common place for like new home buyers and eventually like just like 40 years is going to be like the average loan. And that's kind of what I'm guessing is going to happen like later, you know, many years down the road. But anyway, I'm looking forward to generational loans. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, kids. Sorry. I had to pass on our debt to you guys. Good luck. Yeah, that that could happen. I mean, that could be, that could take place. Uh, how long can they keep going? We look at Japan over three decades and slowly killing the creditors. Yeah, how long can it go? I don't know. Like, I I have, I look at Canada and like New Zealand and see where their house prices have gone to. And it's just like scary, ridiculous. Um twice what it is here in the United States. So how long can it go? I I really don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting. Inventory levels 
is probably going to be the that's the that's the one thing that I see inventory levels of homes. If you can get more inventory onto the market, then the prices will come down. But as of right now, with the amount of cash buyers and institutional buyers and the difficulties of completing a home and the builder sentiment dropping like it is, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to get more inventory onto the market. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, like even a down, like even these risings of the rising of interest rates, I look at over like as soon as I saw the the interest rates were almost at 7%, I went over and took a look at the ultra shorts, the real estate shorts, like SRS is one of them, and, it, and it's dropping. Like, it's not reversing off of this news. It continues to drop as well. It works inversely to the mortgage markets, to the housing market. So even though these interest rates went up, it, it, the, the shorts are still taking a beating from it. It's, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's like nothing makes sense anymore. That's... I mean, it's not going to make sense. Alrighty, guys. I'm going to go help our buddy over here get his vehicle started. And then I got to go back to work. Uneducated economist. Thanks for hanging out. You guys let me know.